Well, good morning. It's good to see you guys here today. Welcome everybody in Knoxville connecting. If you've got a Bible, let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 6. We'll be there in just a moment. Uh, We're starting a brand new series I'm calling Homework. How does your home work? And so for the next three weeks, we're going to talk about parenting and and what that looks like and what do our kids need. Uh, Last year, at the beginning of this year, actually, I sent out a survey to all of you all. And and, uh, one of the questions we asked in the survey is, what topic do you want to hear more about or what, what, what do you want us to preach on more? And the number one requested topic was parenting. And so I listened. Here we are. And let's start with something that is very important that I think we need to think about as parents. And that is this statement. Parenting is difficult. <laughs> if you brought an amen, that was the time to get. Let me say it again. Parenting is difficult. All right. If you are a parent today, you know that this is true, that parenting is difficult. Some of you are single parents and you would say, no, it's not, it's hard to, I wouldn't use the word difficult. I would use the word maybe like impossible. (laughs) It's kind of what it feels like. So if you're a single mom or a single dad, uh, blessings to you. I I can barely do it. Uh, And my wife and I are both engaged, but I can't imagine the struggles that, uh, and the work that you put into it. How many of you are Grandparents, any grandparents in the room? Oh, wow. Here at the 11 o'clock service, lots of grandparents here. That's surprising. You guys have been up since like 4 a.m., but (laughs) you guys are here today. After the message, you're ready for dinner and ready for bed, right? Just kidding. You're going to, we're going to talk to our grandparents in this series. So this is going to, I think, be helpful for you. How many of you are empty nesters? Let me see hands. Empty nesters, your, your kids are gone. Look at them smiling. They're enjoying the morning, right? They had breakfast. Uh, they haven't had any fights today. It's fantastic. How many of you are boomerang parents? Raise your hand. Your, your kids left, but then they came back. Now they're with you again. How many? Okay, we got some of those. Bye-bye retirement. It was fun. Why well, it lasted, Right. How many of you are brand new parents? Your kids are two years old or younger. How many of you just kind of brand new? Lots of young parents in the room today. Suckers! <laughs> just kidding. It's going to be good in about 18 years. But there are a lot of categories of, of people here today. And there are, there, there's a final group. These are people that don't have kids, don't like kids, don't want to be around kids you guys here today, anybody admit they don't like kids? You're the kind of people that I want to sit by at a restaurant uh, so I can have peace and quiet. But uh, a lot of different categories of people in the room today. But even if you don't have kids, I think this series is going to be helpful for you because basically we're going to be talking about biblical relational principles. And so they can be applied in all areas of our life. But uh, really, in this series, I'm going to make specific applications to parents and grandparents, and you might be an aunt or an uncle, uh, and so you're going to be around kids at some point. Uh, maybe you serve in the ministries here. At some point, you're going to be around uh, kids and young people, and so I think it's going to be helpful for all of us. But I also want to start by saying that I, by no means, am an expert on this topic. In fact, I I don't feel qualified at all to teach on this. If there's any subject that I approach with much fear and trepidation, it is this topic. My, My parents were not perfect either. And so I don't know about you, but when I grew up, 
Um, things were different. Things were different. Parenting has changed drastically. My mom would tell us to go outside and play, and she wouldn't let us back inside. Like there was no snack time, you know? When are we going to eat a snack? And mom's like, you get snack time from the garden hose, right? That's all you get. Don't come in this house. I didn't get to choose what was for dinner. Uh, we didn't go out to eat. That wasn't a thing. Let's go out to eat. Only special, maybe once or twice a year. We would go to the Ponderosa, and that was a big deal, right? Or Ryan's Steakhouse. Right? That was a deal back then. That was special. But now kids, they choose what's for dinner and where we're going. And, 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 and people cry when they don't get what they want. Things have changed. When I grew up, there weren't car seats. There were no seat belts. Um, my mom let me drive our station wagon. I would sit in her lap at the age of seven and drive our car. That was not safe. That is not a thing. That shouldn't have been a thing. Parenting is different. Uh, I remember there used to be a commercial that reminded parents that they had kids. Are you old enough to remember this? At 10 o'clock every night, a commercial would come on the major networks and the commercial would say, it's 10 o'clock. Do you know where your kids are? <laughs> My parents need to be reminded that I was alive. <laughs> it's like, now we have all these apps tracking our kids. We know exactly where they're at and uh, we're stressed and we're anxious and we're worried all the time. I, I, I want to take some notes from back in the day on that one and, and uh, relieve some of this stress. But parenting has definitely uh, changed and, and, and I'm not an expert. My parents weren't an expert, but I do see some things scripturally that I'm learning on the journey as a dad that I want to share it with you. And uh, there are actually six needs that I think our kids have that we as parents, grandparents need to give to our kids. And so I'm going to go over three today and three next week. If you have our app, all of, this no all of these notes are in uh, that app. And then also we've got a website with lots of resources for parenting in this series. So make sure you go to our website under the resources uh, page. But parenting is extremely difficult. There are six needs that I want to point out. We're going to go over three today, but I want to start with this idea. Let's start with the end in mind. In other words, what do you hope your kids become? I want us to think about that seriously today. And, and uh, even if your kids are, are maybe a little bit older, uh, let's even envision a little bit further. And if you're a grandparent, let's think about it in terms of, of your grandkids and and, and how do we want to really think and, and, and how can we paint a picture in our mind about who we want our kids to be? And this question really helps us think about what really matters. And that's what I want to start with today. What is really, truly important? What are the things that we, we really want them to get? If there were only three things that, you would, that, that I would say you're, you, can, you can really think about today, you can't, you can't list all 100 things, but what are the top three things we maybe could then begin to hone in and think about what is most important? Because I think as parents today, a lot of us, you know, sometimes we begin to think about things that aren't so important. And we are preoccupied with focusing on things that they don't really need. And one of the number one things that we might focus on as parents that they don't need is their happiness. We are so dialed in on making our kids happy that we miss the important, really valuable things 
that we need to be fighting for in their life. Think about this idea of happiness. Some of you will watch cartoons and cocoa melon for hours to make your kids happy. Some of you will let your kids watch cartoons on the big screen while you watch the game on your phone. <laughs> that happens at your house. Knoxville people, one person laughed at that and we heard them. Yeah, we, we let them eat unhealthy food. We let them choose where we're going to eat. Uh, we buy them hermit crabs on vacation to keep them quiet. I mean, we go out of our way consistently. Nobody wants to, to, to spoil their kids. Right? We don't want that. But, but so often we just simply prioritize their happiness. We see it all the time today. Parents paying coaches and tutors and instructors to help their kids dance better, jump higher, hit further, get stronger, make better grades. We travel every week for sports. And when you do that, you miss job opportunities. You miss marital opportunities to grow in your marriage. You miss spiritual opportunities to, to be able to invest in the life of your church and community. And you miss out on many times the spiritual growth that God wants you to experience. At some point, we cross the line. And I don't know where the line is. I think we're all trying to figure that out. But some of you are way past the line just trying to make your kids happy instead of parenting them. Maybe the rest of us are dancing on the line. I don't know. But we want to we wanna pause in this series and try to look down and, and actually find this line. I think we need to remove the worldly dreams that we have for our kids and begin to focus in on the God-given dreams that they need to experience. So let me run through a few things. If there were gonna be three things, these are things that I've been sharing on my podcast if you didn't know, but th these are three things that I, I want for my kids, I want for you. And, 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 and I want us to think about them. The first one is simply live for Jesus. Uh, what if that was like our main priority? Like I want them to live for Jesus. I can't force them to live for Jesus, but I want them to, right? They're gonna have ups and downs and sideways and mistakes and all the things that come along with life, just like my life and, and your, your life, your journey. But I want them to live for Jesus. I, I want them to know their purpose, discover their purpose. And so uh, that, that would require them to, to, to know how God created them, what they're gifted at and take responsibility for that and, 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 and pursue that in, in their own relationships and in their own business. I want them to invest in others, thirdly. And so invest in others. I want them to have compassion for the community and the world. I, I don't want them to just be you know, self-centered. I, I want them to invest in others. And so if that is what my, my, my heartbeat is, like the end in mind, if that's the direction that really matters, because I think if those three things get, get discovered and they're living those three values, then uh, it's going to solve a lot of other concerns that I might have. And so those could be, for me at least, the most important thing. But I can't guarantee that my kids are going to do this. Can't guarantee that your kids are going to do this. I've seen some kids grow up in a terrible home life, and then they end up living for the Lord and, and having an incredible career and marriage and family. I've seen some kids grow up in godly homes, and, and then they end up living a really rough life. And so there's no silver bullet. There's no you know, magic formula to, to raise kids that we envision. 
but we want to prioritize the things that are important. And so if the end is live for Jesus, no purpose, right? Discover your purpose and, and be able to invest in other people. Those are biblical, um, I think, uh, foundational uh, values. If that's true, then here's what kids don't need. Hold on with me. I'm going to offend some of you. Here's what they don't need, right? They don't need sports. It's great. All my kids played sports, but they don't need sports to get to this vision that I have in mind, that, I, that, that, that to, to know their purpose, to live for Jesus. Hang with me. Hang with me. They don't have to have straight A's. It's great. I want my kids to make good grades, but they don't have to have that in order to be who God wants them to be. Right? They don't have to wear expensive clothes. They don't need that. They don't need the new iPhone every time it comes out, every October, whenever it comes out. They don't, they don't need to be popular. They don't, they don't need to win the superlatives. They don't need to date somebody in high school. Like, the, these are things that are worldly desires that we as parents have consumed and believe and then push on our kids. At the end of the day, sometimes we're more focused on things that they don't really need and we neglect the things that they really, really, really need. And so I wanna help us see clearly what those needs are. And I wanna start by looking at Deuteronomy chapter six. Here's what he says. He says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. And these words that I've commanded you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorsteps, doorpost of your house and on your gates. I know you've heard this, this uh, passage many, many times, but my prayer this week is that it would kind of land differently. It would hit differently today and God would open up our eyes to, to his truth. And so here's the first thing that our kids need. Kids need a biblical foundation for faith. He starts with love the Lord your God with all of your heart. You see, it starts with God. Nothing else matters if you miss God. What a tragedy it would be if our kids grow up and they don't understand that we as parents love God and serve God and he's our priority. I can't make or force spirituality on anyone, including my kids. But what a tragedy it would be if they don't know that my value and my heartbeat is that God is my priority. You see, everything starts with God. And it really doesn't matter what your kids know if they don't know what really matters. I think so often when our focus is on giving them things and providing happiness for them and doing a certain uh, group of things that we think is good and we neglect what really matters, we teach them and, and, and we create a foundation that is not on faith. That foundation is on worldly standards. He says, these words shall be on your heart. 
And so as parents, it's gotta be on my heart. If I'm gonna teach it, if I'm gonna lay a foundation, it has to be on my heart first. We're tempted to lose sight of the reality of God in our life. But if God is not our focus, if God is neglected, if our priorities are out of whack, that foundation is on sand. It is not the firm foundation. We might spend enormous energy to make sure that they get something, but that something may be something that God doesn't even want them to have. And so we end up fighting God for something we want them to have, but God doesn't want them to have. We need to have a Joshua 24 moment. You remember Joshua in the story, he's trying to lead the people of Israel. They've turned to false idols again. And Joshua says this in chapter 24, verse 15, listen to this. He says, if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my household, say it with me, we will serve the Lord. Some of you need to have a Joshua 24 moment today. We need to put an anchor into the ground today and say, we are going to serve the Lord. We are going to prioritize building a foundation of faith for our kids. Here's where I lose some parents though, because when it comes to parenting, we have been, we have learned over the last generation that parenting kind of looks like dropping kids off. Parenting has become drop my kids off at church on Wednesday nights or Sunday morning. Parenting becomes dropping our kids off at school. And so we drop our kids off in hopes that teachers and volunteers would teach our kids how to live for God and be moral good kids. And usually we're in our late 20s or we're in our 30s when we have our kids. And so what are you doing in your 20s and 30s? You're trying to prove yourself. You're trying to make a name for yourself. You're trying to build wealth. You're trying to start the business. You're trying to create something. And so all of your time and energy is is chasing this dream of proving that you matter, that you can do it, that you're good and you're trying to provide. And so what happens when all that energy is put into careers and making a name for ourselves. we end up dropping our kids off. And if anything, you know, that COVID taught us, it's that a lot's been going on in the classroom we didn't know about. And so now a lot of parents are waking up and realizing, well, teachers aren't doing that. I should have never, never, never should have banked on them anyway. And, you know, our, our pastors here, our job as pastors is not to make your kids holy. Our, our volunteers and our student pastors, they, they get to see your kids an hour a week, maybe two hours a week. You're with them all the time. And so the point here is if you're gonna build a foundation of faith for your kids, you've gotta recognize that you are the primary disciple makers of your kids. Not teachers, not volunteers, not pastors, you. In fact, the scripture says, you shall teach them diligently. You, not just pastors, You, as a mom, as a dad, you are the primary disciple makers of your kids. As a church, we're we're here to partner with you. We're here to come alongside and and, and encourage you and give you resources and and, and help in challenging times. Yes, we're here to, to work together. 
but we've got to get rid of the drop-off mentality like somebody else do it. No, I'm responsible for my kids. You're responsible for teaching them diligently, but we believe what culture tells us. And what culture says is that parenting is not important. Our culture teaches us that, that parenting isn't valuable. Our culture values high-paying jobs and titles and fame. You don't get accolades and rewards for being good parents in our culture, right? And so we don't value parenting. And so we have to, as Christian men and women, we have to recognize that parenting could be the most important thing that we will ever do in our life, ever. We have to value it so, so highly that when someone says, hey, what do you do? Instead of saying, well, I'm a pastor or I'm a teacher or I'm a banker, your, your first response is, well, I'm a, I'm a dad of four kids. I, I'm, a, I'm a mom of whatever. In, in other words, our value is highly placed on our our role as a parent. I'm a grandkid of 10 grandkids or whatever it is. Why? That elevates our, our parenting role. This is what God has called us to do. And so I know many of us uh, work outside the home. And so we want to recognize the temptation to think that who we are is what we do uh, Monday through Friday from nine to five. But God has called us to something even greater. He's called us to be a parent. And if we don't value it, then we're going to wake up and realize that our, our precious little two and three-year-old is now a, 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 an, an entitled, arrogant 15, 16-year-old that doesn't listen to us anymore. And then we're going to say, we got to go to church and we got to get a pastor and we got to, and we got to. And it's like, okay, we're, we're, we, we can manage that. We'll help manage that. But wouldn't it be smarter, more intentional. If at age two, you started to build that foundation, they're going to listen to you at age two and three and four and so forth. And so you've got to pump all the teaching that you can in that time frame. And just when you think you've taught them everything you know, you've got to go learn more stuff and you've got to keep teaching and you've got to keep engaging. Why? Because there will come a day when that window close, closes and they won't, they won't need you. They won't want you around. They won't want to listen to what you have to say. And that day comes a lot faster than, than you realize. And every kid is different. So the, as soon as you realize, well, the window's shut. <laughs> it's been shut for probably a year. You just didn't know it. And so we've got to build the foundation of faith. That's the first point. Here's the second thing that kids need. Kids need, kids need you to engage. Uh, when you read a lot of parenting books, and I remember just hearing sermons and that kind of thing, talking about parenting that all talked about our kids need time. And our kids spell love, T-I-M-E. I've heard that a million times. You got to give your kids time, right? And so I've thought about that and thought about that. And, and um, I, I think uh, in, in, in our culture today, we, we need to just dive in a little bit deeper to that idea because I hear people say, well, <clears throat> it's not about quantity time. It's about quality time. But the problem is you never know when quality time is going to show up. You can't schedule quality time. Uh, I remember trying to do this one time. I, I took, uh, Mike and I took our kids to a water park 
And um, we had gone to this water park a couple of years before. And so it was a great time. And so we thought, let's go back. It's going to be awesome. And, and uh, we went back. And then I quickly realized that two years in the life of a, of a, of a teenager and, a, and, and preteens is like an eternity. And they had changed greatly. And all of a sudden, I learned after paying six, $700 that they don't like water parks. And two days of what was going to be quality time was actually hell on earth time. And that's, you never want that, and you never want to have to pay $800 for that. Um, so my point is you, you can't schedule quality time, and, and, and you can't even bank on time because we lie to ourselves. We spend time in the car, don't we? But when I think about it, a lot of times when I'm in the car, I'm listening to podcasts, I'm talking on the phone, even though they're with me. That's not, that's not engagement. We talk about, oh, we spend time and so we, we eat dinner together. But then you look at people when they eat dinner together and they're all looking at TikTok on their phone. And, right? You go out to eat, you see that. And so my point is, you might be lying to yourself saying that you're spending time with your kids, but time is not the answer. I think engagement is the answer. So engaging them looks like my body is here and my mind is here. It's not just my body, it's my mind too. I am asking questions we're, we're, when my kids are little, we're wrestling and we're playing hide and seek and we're, we're doing all the things that they need a dad to do with them, roughhouse them a little bit, right? Playing outside, all that good stuff. And so I'm not just at home on the couch watching TV, I'm actually engaging with young kids. And then as they get older, I'm having conversations with me when they will have conversations with me. And so we've got questions to help you do this, but we're, we're having conversations with kids in the car as we're driving places. We've kind of got them trapped in there. And so use that time effectively because there'll come a time. Listen to me, your kids are little and you don't believe this. I didn't either. There will come a time when the conversation is not really a conversation. It's, it's, it's a, a, a one word like comment. How was your day? Good. Nice. Nice. Got any homework? Like, what are you learning? No, I'm good. Cool, cool. Good talk. And you realize, man, five years ago, I should have been engaging a lot more. Uh, I should have I I been taking advantage of all of those little moments. Um, my kids are at the age now to where they actually try to coach me. I don't know if your kids ever try to coach you, uh, but they have this thing which I think is really good. And I, I, maybe it's kind of this generation's deal because they grew up with phones. The first generation ever grew up with smartphones. So we don't know how they're going to turn out. <laughs> but uh, they, they will say to me, like, because I, I'm, I'm usually, you know, responding to an email, a text message, making a phone call, you know, when there's a down moment, I'm, I'm going to take advantage of that. That's just kind of my personality. But, but they'll often say when we're hanging out, they will say this comment. You can use this. This is from my kids. They'll say, Dad, hang up and hang out. And I say, shut up. <laughs> like, yes, you're right. You're right. Right? And so sometimes then I get to teach them and coach them on their own stuff, right? Because that happens with them too. But 
That's a statement that they've used, and I want to encourage you to use it. Why? Because we want to engage with our kids. We want to not just be present physically. We want to be present mentally. We want to be there in, in, in conversations and, and doing things with them, not just sitting uh, around. One of the things about parenting is that it really uncovers just how selfish we are. I mean, I knew I was selfish when I got married. My wife reminded me. But then we had kids. And then I really started to really just see the selfishness because what I want to do, they don't want to do. I don't want to go to McDonald's again ever. I, I don't want to watch that on TV. I don't want to go there. I don't want to spend my weekend doing that. I want to do what I want to do. I want to do other things. As they get older, like sometimes we don't even have a lot of things in common anymore. So it's like, ugh. And so what parenting shows us is that we are truly selfish on a, a really um, um, selfish level. And so is, am I alone in that? Do you guys feel like you realize? I think so often we've got to begin to empty ourselves, as Jesus says, in, 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 or as Paul says in Philippians 2, he, as he's talking about Jesus, Jesus emptied himself, became a servant. And as parents, we've got to begin to do that. We've got to begin to, to, to be willing to not just be physically present, but we have to, in fact, engage. And so I think something really practical here that would actually help is to think in terms of this, like, as they get older, sometimes perhaps, you know, you start to feel like your kids are breaking up with you. And it, it can be offensive to moms, especially, and even dads. But I, don't want, I want to encourage you not to take that offensively because it's a natural part. It's, it's a painful part, but it's a natural part that our kids begin to move, move away uh, from that emotional support. They still need that financial support, though. But that emotional support they want release from. And so no matter what they do, no matter where they go, no matter what they say, I want to encourage you to make sure you show and teach them that you will always fight for a right relationship with them. The door will always be open. And so that means that you will send another text, messages, uh, text message that may not get returned. It, it might be another voicemail that you have to leave. But you're going to continue to reach out, not in an annoying way, but you're going to consistently let them know that you want a relationship with them. You want a right relationship with them. Maybe they're waiting on an apology from you. Maybe they're waiting on uh, you to reach out to them. I, I don't know. There could be a million things. But we want our kids to know that we will always fight for a right relationship with them. And so at this point, two, two things I want to encourage you to think about as we talk about engagement. This, this might hurt a little bit, all right? So here's the first thing. What personal sacrifices do you potentially need to make? What personal sacrifices do you need to make? Here's a couple of question, questions. What's something you're currently doing that's taking time away from your kids? What do you need to sacrifice so that your kids aren't sacrificed? Well, what hobby, what thing do you love? What thing are you really, you know, into right now? What side gig are you trying to run that's really taking time away from you engaging with your kids? 
You see, there, there's going to require sacrifice as parents, not just financially, but it, uh, a personal sacrifice that we might engage them on a deeper level and be there for them. Here's the second thing. What career sacrifices do you need to make? I know a lot of us, both parents, uh, work. I know a lot of us not only work, you know, 40 hours, but you're working 60, 70, 80 plus hours. What career sacrifices do you need to make? Here's a question. What's something you're doing in your career that you don't need to do in order to survive? Like there's the, I got to work to pay the bills, to eat, to, to take care of my family. But then there's this other group of things that I'm doing for my career or for my side gig or for whatever that takes up an enormous amount of time too, which means that I'm not present for my kids. Our kids need engagement. And when your kids are young, that is the time that you really pour and pour and pour and pour into that time. And grandparents, I will encourage you as well. Your grandkids need you. And if you're a parent and you don't allow your grand uh, or your parents, which your kids' grandparents, are you tracking with me? If you're not allowing them to, to spend time with those grandkids, you're missing out. Um, and I know there's a lot of, there's probably a lot of baggage with some of that stuff that I'm not, I can't get into, but I think by and large, we want to see the value in that. Here's the third thing that I would say kids need today. Kids need good memories. Kids need good memories. And so again, in Deuteronomy 6, he says, you shall bind them as a sign on your hand. He says that they will be frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorpost of your house. Why is he saying this? A sign on your hand, uh, write it on doorpost. Well, he needs reminders. He's saying, have reminders. Why? We need, we need to be reminded. We need to be uh, reminded of, of the memories that we have of God's work. We need to remember uh, the, the word of God, what he's called us to do, right? Your kids need these memories of, of, of us implanting the gospel into them, planting these seeds, bringing them to church. They need to have these memories. And so how can we create good memories in our kids? Let me give you four really practical ways that you can begin to make good memories. And the first one is just simply good traditions. Every family needs good traditions, you need to establish them and to do them year after year. If you don't have any, you can always create traditions. Um, whether it's we eat dinner together on Sunday afternoon or we, you know, we gather for birthdays and we make a big deal out of them. Or you know, for us, when uh, our, my brother and my sisters and all of their kids, we would all go on vacation together and we would always do a talent show. And we're not very talented. So it was more like a comedy show. <laughs> and but we would do that. And the kids today have incredible memories of, of those moments. Um, and so creating traditions where you're um, celebrating those things year after year, um, man nights with your son, um, date nights with your daughter, creating that maybe once a month or once a quarter where you're one-on-one -on -one with them is an important thing to, to create. Yes, when your kids are little, bedtime stories at night family devotions. It's important to do that, that they would hear you pray, mom and dad, that they would hear you tell the stories, mom and dad, that they would, that they would hear you as the primary disciple maker investing spiritually into them. Yes, a tradition is to come to church. 
And so they, I read statistics today that says people are coming to church on average about once a month. And that blows me away. Like if we're going to create a foundation of faith, then it's going to take a tradition like consistently gathering with God's people to prioritize God. And so why do we need to have five services for Christmas and Easter? Well, everybody decides to come to church on the same days. And so what would it look like for you as a family to say, you know what, as for me and my house, we are going to serve the Lord and we're going we're gonna to go to church. And so we might miss a, a ball game here and there. We're not going to be able to travel every weekend like that. We're not going to wait and see what the weather is like to decide to come to church or what we do on Saturday nights. We're going to make a commitment that we're going to establish this tradition in our family, which is we're going to value God's word. And, and listen, you might show up and I might lay an egg one Sunday, right? This might be a strikeout for you. And you're like, I didn't get nothing out of that one. But you might come back the next week and I might hit a double. God might speak to you in a way. One day God's going to speak. It's going to be a grand slam. You're going to be like, yeah, that was what I needed. So you never know how the spirit is going to move, but we've got to begin to develop good traditions. And then secondly, we want to capture memories, capture memories. So again, super practical. Now, I hesitated to put this on the list because I think so many you know, young parents are capturing too many memories on Twitter and Instagram and you're, too many pictures of your family and kids. But my point here is for us to capture them, yes, on video and yes, uh, on film. But also we've got to be able to, I would just say, print them out. Because when they're lost on your phone, you don't get to, you don't get to really catch up to them. Uh, they're not before you. Uh, for me, uh, the old DVDs, the old VHS cassette tapes that I used when my kids were, were babies, uh, I've sent those off and got them digitized. Now they're all on my computer. And I'm telling you, one of, the, one of the things that we have the most fun with right now as a family is watching those old videos. And they will watch those and they will laugh and they will remember things. And, and uh, sometimes it's just, it, it ends up being the best part of my week when I hear them laughing and looking at themselves when they were little kids. In fact, my daughter Brooke said the other day as she was laughing, she was like, oh, we had such a good childhood. I was like, oh my God, you did. <laughs> what happened? No, just kidding. Good memories, right? Lead, lead to capturing those memories. And then we get to go back and experience them. And that just is, is, is special. The third thing, and I know you guys know some of this stuff, but we, we've got a plan. So we got to plan vacations. And so uh, when my kids were little, we didn't have money to go on vacations. I had grandparents that took us on vacation. And so maybe you should look into that. Um, <laughs> but even an overnight at a hotel that's got an indoor pool, when your kids are little, is an awesome vacation for little kids. And so the point is just to go out and make some memories with them. And camping is cheap. Um, so you can do things that don't cost a lot of money. But when you look back on your time, even though it's difficult to get away. It's difficult to go through all the planning. That ends up being a memory that your kids remember years, years later. Our kids still talk about camping trips that we took that, that I don't even remember that they remember. So uh, plan those trips. And then finally, I would say create adventures. So we live in a great part of the world. And so we're right at the foothills of the Smoky Mountains. And so we've got to get our feet in the woods. We've got to get in a creek. We've got to go down a river. 
You got to do something adventurous and, and, and get off of concrete uh, because so often we just get caught up into the practice and the school and to the deal and to the deal and to the next thing. And it's like, we've got we've to have some adventure. We got to get into the woods. And so I want to encourage you to go fishing, go, do, do all the stuff that men love to do, uh, but often don't take time to do uh, with their kids uh, because life is busy. And so create some adventures. Um, here's what they need, faith, foundation for faith. They need you to engage. They need you to help them create memories. Um, they don't always, uh, this doesn't always happen the way that we want it to. And this is not easy for any of us as parents, but it's something that we have to pursue together. Think of it like this, and I'll close with this. Parenting is a lot like teaching your kids how to ride a bike. When you teach your kids how to ride a bike, sometimes you use the training wheels, you know, and so you put the training wheels on and you're helping them balance and you're, you're, you're helping them just kind of learn how to pedal and brake. And, and then eventually the, the training wheels come off and, 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 and then you're, you're, you're really trying to help them balance. And sometimes they fall and they hurt themselves. That's kind of hard to watch, you know, your kids fall like that. And, but that's part of it. That's how they learn. You know, they've, they've got to, they've got to, learn from mistakes sometimes. And eventually they're going to get their balance and, and, and you're going to be running and you're about to fall down because they're going so fast. And, and then you realize, oh, I can let go and they're going to be okay. And sometimes they might fall, but they'll get back up and they'll keep going. And even though that's hard for us, especially if your kids are little to think about, but that's how, that's how parenting works. They grow up, they learn how to ride, and then mom and dad, you release them. And for this journey to be successful for you, there's going to be a lot of pain, a lot of ups, a lot of downs. It's very difficult. But when you are intentional about laying a foundation of faith, when you are in in fact, intentional about engaging them along the process. And even when they're gone and don't want anything to do with you, you're still fighting for that good relationship. And when in fact, you have created those good memories, you'll have a foundation there. And through prayer, you'll see the fruit of what God has used in you and through you to help your kids become the men and the women that God wants them to be. We have a a resource page on our website. And in a series that you call homework, there's going to be homework. <laughs> and so I've got homework for you. And so there's a lot of great questions to use this week, but also the homework is to cook dinner with your family, giving everybody in your family a responsibility in the deal. All right. So if your kids are little, this is going to be messy. This is going to be a good memory. Capture those memories, put them on social media, tag us. We'd love to see them. If your kids are a little bit older, might be a little different, but might actually be good. They might actually surprise you. If you're a grandparent, grab your grandkids and, and get them together and make something. That's your homework this week. Um, there's something special about creating um, some, some, some engagement through cooking a meal. And so that's your homework this week and check out those resources. Let me pray for you. I realize in the room, parenting brings up a lot of maybe painful memories in your life. And I'm sorry that you had to go through some of those things and can't imagine what, what some of the, the burden is for you today. But I just wanna pray over you 
that you would know that God can redeem that painful situation and those painful memories and he can allow you to pursue healthy memories in your own kids. And I also wanna encourage you if you've never given your life to Jesus, Jesus died on the cross for your sins. He rose from the grave proving that he was the Messiah. He offers you forgiveness and a relationship with God and the promise of heaven. But it does require you to put your faith in him and to repent of your sin, turn from your sin and turn to him. If you've never done that, I encourage you to do that today. We've got folks in our care and prayer room that would love to encourage you and walk you through that decision. Let me pray for you. God, there are moms and dads in the room that are struggling, marriages that are struggling, moms and dads struggling with their teenagers, feeling like there's no hope, feeling like things aren't gonna work out. God, we wanna lean on the name of Jesus today and trust in him. God, we wanna put our hope in him today and recognize that it is sometimes through the trials of parenting that you make us who we're supposed to be. So God, I pray that moms and dads wouldn't give up. I pray moms and dads wouldn't lose hope. I pray that moms and dads would today feel the Spirit of God working in their heart, calling them, calling them home and calling them to a deeper walk with you. And so God, we ask for your blessings and we pray this in the name of Jesus, amen. Thank you so much for watching this video. We'd love for you to like this video and leave a comment. We'd also like to encourage you to subscribe and click the bell so you never miss an upload from Foothills Church. To learn more about FC, you can go to our website, foothillschurch.com, or by clicking the link in the description below.